When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Johnston having a look at slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths having got the goal goes again. Oh! This should be a fun 45 minutes to an hour then, the Hand and Roar podcast, the night after, the night before, when Scotland demolished Ukraine 3-0 at Hamden. A simply joyous occasion um, that second half was. The, the first half wasn't bad either, but the second was outstanding. We blew Ukraine away and we are now top of the Nations League group, heading into the final two games where we play Ireland, massive game at Hamden on Saturday before playing Ukraine in Poland uh, the week uh, next midweek so things are in our hands it was, what was an, I'm going to go as far as saying a perfect second half from Scotland yesterday Ben Ramage of the SFSA and Alan Risk of the Air Force One Twitter account Craig Gordon was a spectator and we had chance after chance after chance and then goal after goal after goal Ben how do you immediately reflect on it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was just such a it was a performance to be proud of, and it couldn't have been more of a polar opposite from that Dublin game uh, in June. It was just uh, it was a breath of fresh air after that last uh, period, and yeah, I just I was really proud of um, the boys and proud of Clark as well because I think everyone was quite surprised that he'd moved to a back four. We were kind of when the lineup came out, there was a thinking that it would work, um, but the fact that he sort of he went with it showed that he wasn't as stubborn as maybe some people think. Uh, I think it's really good that we have a, another way of playing now, so teams won't, aren't going to immediately know exactly what we're going to play, um, and it worked to an absolute T. So yeah, just uh, one of those glorious nights at Hamden where you can actually really just sit back and enjoy it. We'll come to the Plan A, Plan B conundrum uh, shortly, but first of all, I want to ask you, Alan, where does that rank for you in terms of Hamden Knights? A couple that I've got written down here are Denmark last year, uh, and then, ironically enough, Ukraine 2007. Um, I suppose England at Wembley was a really good performance during the Euros as well, but obviously it wasn't at Hamden. But where would you put that? And if you were to say it was, well, where would it be if it was um, in your list of best Hamden performances? I mean, it's it's probably one of the best. 
Um, in terms of, I think it's what will probably challenge a lot of people's minds is like they need to understand the importance of the Nations League. Um, and if you look at the Nations League as something that's important to you, um, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. Um, we're now completely, uh, it's within our grasp of winning this group. Um, and there's, there was big results there in the past year and a half. I mean, that, that um, Israel game and obviously the Denmark game both felt pivotal because of where they came in the campaign and what, what they meant. Um, but in terms of a complete performance and responding to a bit of pressure after the June matches, that is that is right up there. We just we responded to it. The fans were involved. The team were winning everything all over the park and just playing to the potential that we know they've got. Um, so, yeah, no, it was brilliant. Well, let's talk about the formation then. Uh, it's It's been a long time coming. I think we must mention it on almost every podcast, Ben, that it would be nice to see Scotland implement a plan B when necessary. And it did seem that Clark a couple of years ago had solved the never-ending debate on what to do with Tierney and Robertson. But I get the feeling that that debate might just be starting again now because Scotland were scintillating an attack at times last night with Tierney at left-back. Is that where he should be played going forward regardless of the fitness of Mr Andrew Robertson? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think... When you look at Robertson, Robertson is a world-class player. So I think if he is available, then he's always going to play. I think what's brilliant, which makes things a bit awkward. Yeah, exactly. So I I can't see Robertson getting dropped anytime soon. I think what's great is that recently we've not been able to call on both of them. They they worked out how to play together. It was working well, and then we since then they haven't both been fit, but we've still been sticking with the five. So I just think now it appears that we have the system in place that we can do both. We can, if if they're both fit, they can both play. If one of them's fit, which with Tierney being quite injury prone, it is, it, you know, it's not beyond the realms that he's not going to be available sometimes. So it's nice that we can, we know that that back four works, especially with a proper right back, like really good right back options now in Patterson and Hickey, you know, that back four works. So I think it's brilliant going forward that teams aren't going to know exactly what we're going to do and we've got the option to play either two brilliant world-class left-backs in that system or just the one, if that's all we've got. Alan, where do you stand on this? I think there's maybe some uh, immediate revisionism taking place. Maybe I'm guilty of that as well, uh, that Tierney last night was better, even though he's he's superb still at left centre-back and has been good there for Scotland when he's played. It, It was amazing to see him in the second half in his natural habitat last night. And I think, not to be too harsh, I, I think that he performed to a higher degree from left-back than, than Robertson has from either left-back or left-wing-back recently. And this is not a witch hunt or an agenda, but just the way that I saw it, that I think if we are to play in the 3-4-3 formation, based on what we saw last night, does that diminish what this team's got to offer? On the left side, yeah, um, absolutely, it does. I think um, you've you've made the point that it's not there's not an agenda against Robertson. It's just that we've, as a group, been calling out for a switch um, from the back five and been forced into it. Um, Tierney, he, we knew, we know what he's capable of, but he's had this sort of new role at Arsenal, where obviously he's almost second to, to Zinchenko at the moment, and Zinchenko offers something very different going forward, and. Tierney's come in and he's started to mirror that a little bit. You see him coming sort of inverting a little. Um, he's 
finding himself in new positions more centrally um, going forward. And then um, we saw he, come, he came up there and he was putting crosses in left, right and centre in the first half. But in the second half, he had that pop shot that kind of um, the keeper saved and went out for the corner that we might have scored from. So he was he was getting some really good positions and taking responsibility. Um, but his passing was excellent. Um, like all night, it was excellent. And um, I mean, yeah, the crosses weren't finding um, the heads in the first half, but I liked just how we kept in making opportunities. Um, it felt it, it never felt like a nervy performance because of that. We were having creating so many chances that one of them had to go in. Um, it was just a matter of when. It did feel like a matter of when because Armstrong had four opportunities. I think two of them probably only half chances, and then he had two clearer cut ones: the header and the shot with the right foot that went over the crossbar. Shea Adams had two good opportunities with his head as well. Did you feel, Ben, that it was going to be one of those nights or did you have faith that it, that it would um, come for Scotland? Yeah, it's one of those where you're always nervous until that first one goes in because we've seen it before when we played well and we've not taken chances and you end up ruining them. But yeah, I think the, the quality was there last night. Alan sort of touched on Tierney. When he, the, the thing I loved was that when he was getting to the byline, he wasn't just flashing it right into the six-yard box every time. He always had his head up. And he always seemed to know when somebody was pulling off in space on the edge of the box. So I always felt like one of those opportunities was eventually going to lead to something. When Adam's header hit the bar, that's when I was really thinking, right, this could actually be one of those nights because sometimes your luck's just not in. Um, but thankfully, we had John McGinn to just draw us out um, as he has so often um, been, this, been the hero for us. Um, and what a goal that was. What a moment. One goal off Faddy's total now. I believe is that 14 for Scotland he scored quite mental um, it's it, incredible it, 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 what age is McGinn 27 28 off the top of my head it must be one of those he's so, 27 27 so yeah. he he will he'll surpass McFadden he Kenny Miller's on 18 you'd imagine he'll reach that won't he yeah um, obviously the guys at the top of the the charts for us are, are miles clear if he was to get anywhere near that it would be quite amazing really even more amazing um, if he was to get near Doug Leach and Law um, but yeah even to get past Kenny Miller's total would be quite incredible because it took him f- uh, 14 or 15 caps to even score his first goal for uh, for mm-hmm. Scotland Allen so his ratio since he actually managed to burst down the dam is is crazy yeah yeah absolutely I think um, Gordon highlighted it on Twitter earlier um, that I think um, his goals have come not within Obviously, his full Scotland career, but they've come within sort of 34, 35 games, something in that range. Um, so he's got sort of like 20 contributions um, plus in like just over 30 games. And you're thinking that's a well, that's a striker. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people say that the role he plays for us is very, very different to most midfielders, but he's still a midfielder at the end of the day. Um, and he's contributing more than the strikers at the moment. Although I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying seeing how quickly Dykes is also shooting up the rankings in terms of his goals because he's now got eight for us. Mm. Um, so he's not he's not far behind. And given he likes to score uh, in bags, either consistently game after game or in braces um, for us, um, Dykes is going to have a few more goals in the Scotland shirt as well. So That's only, that's only him two off Stephen Naismith now. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that, and that's the thing about Clark's, Clark's team. He's got them, uh, when we're scoring, um, we can score. Quite a good few goals. I mean, yeah, we're not as clinical as um, everybody wants us to be. I mean, a, a better side arguably could have put seven past Ukraine last night. 
Um, as you said, Armstrong had three or four chances, at least two of them. I thought the open, the, the head, the head that he had um, that went uncontested. Probably should have done better there. And then the one where he went through and skied it over the bar. I mean, at least on target, he's, he creates himself a chance. Um, and there was other opportunities, so we could have made it worse, worse for Ukraine. Um, but hey, it doesn't matter because we won three 0 um, So yeah, there was a there was a bit of a scare. Maybe still is a scare, actually, because we don't know the extent of Patterson's injury yet. But it was a shame to see him subbed off. I actually said to my mate Kieran that I was next to at the start of the game how excited I was to see him um, from the start again for his last night because his impact in the team has been superb. But for him to go off and Hickey to come on, Ben, uh, it felt quite seamless. And all of a sudden, I mean, with Ralston at the back of that queue, we're, we're really pretty sound. In the right back area, um, it's it's quite incredible, really, the, the strength and depth we have at, at uh, right back and left back. Gutted for Patterson, but I think a, a word of praise definitely needed for Hickey. When I, when I put the, the question out on Twitter earlier, um, what would you want to have on the agenda this evening? At least a few replies saying how good was Hickey when he came on. Yeah, I echoed what you said about Patterson. I was it, he actually had a really good start to the game. I thought he was looking confident. He was. He was taking the ball. He wasn't afraid to try and go forward, which we you know we've seen from him in the past. It was a real, a real gun of him to go off. But I thought Hickey, especially coming on quite early in the in the game, isn't always easy for a sub, especially a defender. And he just dealt with it so well. He's just so mature for his age and his technical ability. He's just so clever on the ball. He very rarely gives the ball away. His crossing was impressive. His passing was impressive. He dealt with their threat in behind very well because they were really flinging balls in behind early on and it really was catching us. Um, it was looking a bit concerning the fuel in the counter. Um, but I thought Hickey dealt with it superbly. And yeah, if, if Patterson is out, the likelihood is he's going to be out for this um, group of games. I, I have no problem with Hickey going into that position. You know, he's he's shown that he is more than, more than up for the task. There was chat of... Hickey, I say chat of, there was a few people suggesting it was a possibility that Hickey could play the right side of the back three if Clark was to stick with that formation and then push McTominay into midfield where he's been showing form for Man United. I think when the team was announced last night, we all expected Tierney to be the left wing back and it to be McKenna, Hendry and McTominay along the back three, Allen. But of course, McTominay was, was pushed into midfield. He's getting a lot of praise um from the fans for his performance last night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of criticism in the first half, I think, um, where he was sort of doing that McTominay thing where, he, where we had a bit of momentum. He'd maybe stem that a little. And I think I saw just at the wrong time, Grant Jendo had tweeted um, to mention that um, he had the fear whenever McTominay had the ball. And right at that moment, uh, he'd lost it in another attack. But I mean, overall, in terms of winning us the transitions, um, and setting us on that way, he was he was phenomenal. Um, but I think that's him being able to play in his natural position, um, which is massive. I mean, yeah, when I, I was um, I saw the game in the pub uh, in Portobello last night, and uh, and I remember um, I was running five minutes late, and I had a look at the just the team sheet. Um, sorry, not the team sheets, the um, just a list uh, of names. And the first thing I thought was the uh, same old five three two. Um, see how it goes. And uh, when I when I first saw. The, the TV screen, I thought, wait a minute here, what's <laughs> going on? But I, I was lucky because I caught it after the five minutes sort of Ukrainian onslaught. So um, everything I saw was positive. <laughs> and <laughs> I was asking guys at the van, you know, how, how's the game started and stuff? And they're all saying, oh, no, they've been, they've been at us. But um, everybody, yeah, I think having 
I mean, McKenna played brilliant as well. And in Hendry, as we all saw, he was, he was phenomenal. Um, so having that sort of solid uh, back four just allowed uh, McTominay to play his natural game. And that's when the ball gets forward um, and then pass it on to other players who are, who are going to advance us. Um, but I think he probably answered a lot of critics in that game. Um, and the answer is probably, if you play me in my position, I'll play well. Speaking of, speaking of players in and out of position, before we move on from this particular subject completely, and you just triggered my memory when you said Grant Gendo's name there, Alan, he was in the mention saying, how do we feel about Tierney at left of a pair at centre-back, Ben? It's hard to judge because I've not really seen it. Um, you've only really seen him as the side of a three, which is a very different role to just two centre-backs. My gut feeling is that Tierney could deal with it because I think he is... He's physical enough. He's got such good anticipation that I think he could deal with the positional side of it. Um, but I, as Alan spoke, the the two centre-backs I thought were superb. Hendry especially. I feel like Hendry maybe had a little bit more to do. He always seemed to be the one that was dealing with the, the through balls. But I thought he was superb. Um, and he's got age on his side as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think we need to really to shoehorn Tierney into the back two. I think there's enough options now. Well, Alan, are McKenna and Hendry at the front of the queue now? Are, are players like Sutar, uh, Cooper, Hanley now going to have to wait until a jersey becomes available um, or unless Clark decides to rotate? And it may, may be the same with, with Robertson. I, I, for one second, given he's captain and Liverpool's left back, I, think, I personally think he'll walk back into the Scotland team in one capacity or another. But how do you feel about that? Hey, that's that's a that's a really difficult question. I mean, you, you look at that performance and the quality. I know Ukraine were missing a couple of players, but in terms of uh, the quality of opposition, we played phenomenal football last uh, last night, and we we were a great side to watch. Like, even for a neutral, a lot of them really enjoyed Scotland's attacking play last night. And while I do think Robertson is the captain, he, uh, he he's that's his left 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 back spot to lose. I think. Um, it's going to be very interesting what, what Clark goes ahead and does. Um, it's, it, it, he's probably more likely to revert to the back five to get them both in. Um, I can't see him sitting in my back four with Tierney and Robertson, um, personally, um, although I wouldn't be against it. Um, but until we see it, I guess it's hard to tell how it will go. But um, yeah, that, that's, my, that's my thoughts on that one. Up the uh, attacking end of the park, Armstrong, we, we've touched on the chances he missed, but overall, Ben thought he had a, a good game. Influentially, was driving between the gaps and played a couple of really nice balls between the lines. In fact, just at the start of the move or in the middle of the move that eventually led to him shooting over the crossbar, it was one of those lovely sort of clipped passes in between defence and midfield before he received McTominay's back heel. It was a, a lovely move. And, uh, and on the other side, behind Shea Adams, was Christie. Uh, Christy feels at the moment I don't know if it's just a, a, a Celtic fans thing they all seem to love to slag him off I've seen plenty of tweets saying I'm happy I'm seeing Christy play for Scotland and not having to watch him for Celtic anymore I thought he had a, a decent game last night Christy I, I certainly wouldn't have given him anything less than than pass marks that's absolute worst I think you're, you're guaranteed to get effort and endeavour and I think flashes of quality as well the consistency of those flashes okay it's not um, always every couple of minutes, but I think you know what you're going to get from Christie, and, and I quite like that from him. 
I think there was one moment in the game as well where somehow he was surrounded by about three players and he managed to keep possession despite being shoved onto the ground. And at that point, that really injected the crowd with a bit of enthusiasm um, and a bit of belief, I think, because it was getting to that stage where I'm sure it was nil-nil and I'm sure it was getting to that stage where we thought it's not going to happen tonight. But anyway, generally, yeah, I think... on, on Chris, sorry, on, on Christian Armstrong behind Adams, did you enjoy them with McGinn a bit further back? Yeah, I think Christie's got a lot of heart. He's he's a real, a really passionate boy, and he always he always gives everything for Scotland. So the criticism I think is unwarranted. I thought he had a decent game. I don't think it was his best game. He wasn't really like pulling the strings as he can do, and his finishing, you know, wasn't up to the the similar level. Although he didn't really have that many chances, they all seemed to fall to Armstrong. Um, I thought the two of them worked okay, but I still think that's still an area to improve. I think Armstrong. If he'd have scored, that would have him really, really cementing his place, having scored a couple um, in the, in June. I thought his, his finishing just let him down. Um, but as you were talking about his little passes, he's he's always been a very clever player and he just links up so nicely with everyone. And Adams, that I'm sure we'll get on to, also brilliant link-up player. Um, the three of them were working really nicely. And and McGinn's clever enough to break through. You know, he doesn't have to play that far up. Um he doesn't have to start that high up. He he can make the runs. He's just such a clever player. So I thought we played very well. I thought the link-up play was very nice. So I think it's harsh to give anyone anything less than pass marks for last night. Alan, where do you stand on Armstrong? He doesn't get uh, many starts at Southampton these days, or certainly not this season. But him and she Adams seem to have a bit of a, um, a partnership there um, when they're attacking together. And not as a direct duo, of course, but in terms of being on wavelengths, they quite often look good together. And I think he does influence games positively for Scotland. Um, we saw it in Armenia at the end of last season. Last night, I stand by that he was a real good driving force for us. And if he sticks one of those chances away, any critics are probably reflecting on his performance quite differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you highlighted there, he's, he's capable of scoring goals, as he did against Armenia. And I think on another night, um, he even puts one of those away and nobody really detracts from his performance because it was great. Um, it's quite funny. He gets, uh, he gets subbed on for the other Armstrong uh, um, at Southampton quite a lot. Um, so I don't know if maybe the manager's just starting the wrong one. But um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's certainly got that link up with Adams. And what we found last night was that the front, the front three and, and McGinn were, the pressing was so good to watch. I mean, there was really a goal kick where there wasn't, four Scotland play, players in the shot um, within sort of the edge of the 18-yard line. And um, that was almost... I didn't see a lot of that in the Ukraine game in the playoff. Um, and it just felt that pressing energised us so much. And that was every, every one of the forward players that were involved in that, whether it was McGinn initiating it um, and other players following that up and winning loose balls or winning straight passes, which got us, again, just back breathing right up their, up their necks. So it was... Um, it was a really energetic performance from the forward forward line. And yeah, I mean, he had three or four chances. He should have scored one at least. Um, but that's fine because on a night where you score three, other people pick it up. Um, ideally, he's frustrated by that, which he will be. And he can come back against Ireland and try and get um, the goal that he deserves because he, he deserves one. Um, but uh, Christie as well. Um, I mean, I, uh, he won a corner. I don't know if it was the corner... That led to the the Fraser Cross that we scored from, um, but mm. Christie again was up there. He was all over the place, um, harassing, as you say, little one twos. Um, just been a really tricky player um, 
in amongst a, a good back four. Um, so he he impressed uh, again. He's he gets a lot of bad press. I mean, he he misses his fair few setters himself, and he's not been excellent for Bo- um, Bournemouth this season. But um, I think um, everyone, uh, if anyone had a few bad passes, they they more than made up for that in effort last night. Yes, I absolutely agree with you on that. Let, let's um, talk about Shea Adams. I think he should have scored one of the headers. It's immaterial really now because we went on to win the game comfortably. I think that Ben, we were on the podcast the other day and I said, is it too far to say that Shea Adams is the undisputed um, first choice striker for Scotland despite Dykes coming on and scoring two goals last night? I don't think that has really changed because they were both from set pieces. And throughout general play, Adams was was really good at holding the ball up. He was linking up well with McGinn, Christie and Armstrong. And on another day, he takes one of those headers. Yeah, 100%. I think, as you touched on, Dykes, they were two headers, brilliant headers, like not going to take it any way from the finishes, but that's not going to work for the 90 minutes against a really strong uh, defence because we saw that in June. It, it wasn't working, whereas... Adams just has that clever link-up play, and he has—he's got great physicality as well. He doesn't look the biggest guy, but he's very strong, and he's—he—he he, he uses his body very well to to earn contacts and keep the ball. Um, I thought he was hugely unlucky to get wiped out uh, the way he was when he was—it was like a American football tackle just wiping him out. Did you, do you um, think that was a red bin? Yeah, I honestly do. When. At the time, I, I thought maybe I was just being hot-headed, but it's excessive force for me. It's it's not just, uh, okay, you've, you've walked into his line and you've tripped him up and, you know, you've taken the other cards. I think it was excessive force. I think that was really, really dangerous, reckless play. And for me, you know, he wasn't going for the ball at all. And I know you can trip someone up and maybe get a yellow, but for me, it was the excessive nature of the force that I think makes that a red. Um, and I just thought he was so unlucky because he'd done everything right. He was breaking through in on goal and he could well have scored from that. Um, it, it helped us, you know, it helped everything about that performance. You know, it kept us going. But yeah, I thought he was unlucky to not score last night. The one that he hit off the bar, again, a couple of inches lower down and that's a goal. And he's he's had the, the all-round perfect performance, really. Well, his replacement didn't do too badly. Alan off the bench for, well, I don't even know, probably... No more than 15 minutes, maybe as little as 10. And he left the, the field with with two goals. And what is it about Dykes and Fraser? We, we touched on it in the podcast before the game as well. Remember they linked up in the Nations League a couple of seasons ago. They assisted each other for winning goals. They come off the bench together against Ukraine. And Fraser puts in two brilliant crosses, which are headed home by Dykes. And, and they both actually paid tribute. Well, Dykes certainly did. Paid tribute to uh, Austin McPhee for that in the, in the mix zone after the games saying to Dykes, reminding him of the runs they had to make from corners where Fraser was going to put the ball and he had to be the one there to to get on the end of it. And, well, did he? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I'm loving this sort of uh, Austin McPhee link-up. I think um, Clark Gillies mentioned on Twitter as well that he, when he was at the game, he could spot one of the Ukrainian coaches just watching Austin McPhee rather than the team when they were doing their the, the practice, um, which just shows you the impact he has. Um, I think when, you, when we watched Dykes in the box and we watched... If you watch the goals back again, you see each individual player's um, role in those goals. I mean, the first goal, it's there's so many players ready to follow up. I think McGinn just misses it, and then McKenna's at the back post to get it in if both of them miss it. So that was going to be a goal regardless what happened there. Um, and the second one, um, I, I, it's just so funny. I remember watching it thinking, is that a replay? 
um, or is it the same goal again? It was um, it was brilliant, and I think um, like you say, Dykes he's he's had a poor run this year in terms of goals um, um, for for club and country, but it just goes to show that club form doesn't matter. Um, if you're if you're a goal scorer, you'll get chances, and I think he mentioned it himself. Uh, I've seen QPR fans on Twitter saying, "Can we please sign Fraser?" Um, because obviously the rate, the, the rate he's crossing and they're, they're saying that the reason Dykes isn't getting the goals for QPR is the quality of the cross because he's always making the runs um, so that says a lot about coming away to Scotland and he's got that delivery and he's scoring but I think um, Ben mentioned about Adam's physicality and his performance uh, I don't think it doesn't matter how many Dykes would have came on and scored four I think uh, in uh, Clark's post-match press conference he said uh, that the only reason Dykes could get the goals is because Adams has spent all match tying them out. Um, so <laughs> it's, I mean, you can't, you can't, he could have scored six and he would have said the same thing. Adams is our striker and uh, his job is to give centre backs absolute hell for as long as he possibly can. And then you can bring on Fraser, bring on Dykes and just bully them into submission. Uh, and that's what we did last night. Well, just a reminder then of the situation in the group Scotland are top by two points. Two draws sees us go through here. Um, if we because of the head to head with uh, Ukraine, so if we draw with Ireland and say Ukraine beat Al- uh, not Albania, uh, Armenia at the weekend, would be on the same amount of points uh, heading into the last game. Ten when a draw in Poland against Ukraine would do us just fine because the head to head would keep us ahead of Ukraine. But we want to beat Ireland this weekend, Ben. We owe them one. They battered us in June. Is one of the worst Scotland performances I can remember. I think Hamden is going to be buzzing from the start. I actually think that Hamden yesterday was quite quiet. The first half was quite flat, I'm going to say. It was um, fairly quiet. The atmosphere didn't really start to build until we really put our foot down around the 55th, 60th minute mark. And we, we had a, a stage of about oh, four chances in a five, six-minute spell. And at that point, the crowd got really whipped up into a frenzy. But the first half was, was, wasn't exactly raucous or um, full of encouragement. It wasn't until the second when we, we really started dominating the game and the crowd joined in the occasion a bit more. But I think from the start against Ireland this weekend, that might be a wee bit different. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a hangover from June. There was a little bit of just trepidation. We don't really know how this is going to go. Ukraine obviously beat us quite comfortably as well. So I think there was a lot of unknown about how this was actually going to go. But when we started playing well, I think you could sense the fans sort of slowly coming back um, and I would imagine, you know, Saturday night, it's an evening kickoff. So everyone's going to have been drinking all day. I can, it's honestly going to be an incredible, incredible atmosphere. And I loved it in the post-match that Dykes, Dykes actually said that we owe them one as well. And I just think that that feeling is going to be running through the whole squad. That was, it was an embarrassing defeat in Dublin. And I thought that we kind of got away from those under Clark. It was, it wasn't really a Clark sort of performance. Um, it wasn't even resolute like it was just they blew us away and for me player for player we are better than them so we we absolutely should not be losing 3-0 to them and I really think they're going to have a proper point to prove which I really hope I really hope they do it because I think it'll be massive to win that game just in terms of all of the confidence and everything that we've been building we it just took a dent in June where we could if we could beat Ukraine comfortably and then also hopefully beat Ireland comfortably I just feel like everyone will just have that lift again and, and even the players will just have that confidence that, you know, we are still a good team. Well, Alan, 
Should any changes be made for the game against Ireland? And if so, who do you think might come in and who do you think might drop out? I think we can safely say that four at the back will will uh, remain for Saturday. I think there'd be a bit of an uprising if Clark went back to the 3-4-3 for the Ireland game um, at the weekend. So I, I think we can predict there will be a 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, however you want to um, define last night. Um, so who might come in, who might drop out? And also the potential inclusions to the squad, given the injuries, I think we predicted maybe Declan Gallagher might get called up as a spare centre-back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got obviously the, the new guys to come in just for cover. I don't. I wouldn't expect any of them to start just with where they're coming in the squad. Um, I think I wouldn't expect, although Ralston started the last game against Ireland, I wouldn't expect Ralston to start um, just with his limited game time at Celtic. So, and, and just given how well Hickey performed there and how comfortable he was. Um I mean, I think uh, Ben mentioned earlier on that, that just his composure in that position. I mean, when we saw him against Ukraine um, in June, it was a very different performance. Um, it's a much more composed one. So I would expect Hickey to stay there. Um, the rest of the park, I mean, you would say there's probably a space in the squad for Gilmore to come in, in midfield. Um, but I like the physicality of McTominay. Um, but McTominay possibly. Um, but well, we've, not, we've not even mentioned have... McGregor in this podcast yet. Does that say something in itself? <laughs> it it does, yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember watching the game and I didn't see McGregor for like a, like a good while, and I realised it's because he's playing so well and he's just he's just working away, spraying uh, passes. Yeah, like he doesn't. There was no nothing to notice in terms of there's no misplaced passes, no errors. It was just a absolutely. It was like it was easy for him. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in terms of midfield, you might mix it up there. Um, up top, I guess there's room for if, if Jacob Brown was there, you could say there's possibly room for him to switch out, um, maybe Christie um, or Armstrong. Um, but we are quite light. I mean, the only person they might be able to switch out is bringing Fraser to start, um, given he only played 20 minutes, 15 minutes at the weekend, and he did he played well. Um, and I don't think anyone would be anyone would fault him for that. I think um, Ireland's back line, um, they're going through a couple of changes at the moment. Um, we're lucky that in terms of their forward line, um, Obafemi's not been scoring as much. I think he had an, an issue where he was trying to move to Burnley. Um, that fell through and then he fell out of favour at Swansea. Um, and it was him and Parrott that assisted each other at, uh, in the other game um, over in Dublin. So, I mean, if they're, um, if they're not, they've not had the time to connect or whatever, then it's that's maybe going to give us a, a window. But, um, I mean... If, if they started the same team minus Patterson, um, I don't think anyone would fault it because we played so well. And what about you? We've, we've only got a couple of minutes of the pod remaining, but is there anyone that jumps out at you straight away uh, to come into the team? And, and should anyone come into the team? Granted, Hickey will replace Patterson. I think the only issue would be is that there was a lot of effort put into that game. The the pressing that's been mentioned, that doesn't come itself. You know, that's... There was a lot of really, really, you know, energy sapping performances there. So it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe Fraser come up and just be given that role. Um, you know, he's quick enough to do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Fraser coming in maybe for Christie just to give Adams a bit more of sort of fresh legs beside him. Um, Gilmore, potentially, but I thought the midfield worked really well. So to me, if, the, if they're all fit, I'd probably leave it as it is and just hope that they replicate the same kind of performance. Brilliant. Well, it's going to be a great atmosphere at Hamden uh, on Saturday night. I'm, I'm with you on that, Ben. It's a full day session for me. Uh, so, yeah, I just hope that we can 
completely right the wrongs um, that occurred in Dublin at the end of last season. And if we can produce anything close to what we did in the second half against Ukraine, we'll be on the right path to do that, I'm sure. So great stuff. Always fun to reflect on a dominating Scotland victory. We've had a couple over the last we will, but I think last night was the best one. So look, we'll need to end it there. I've got a bus to catch, get up the road overnight bus from London tonight, the Joys. So yeah, we'll need to stop it there. Uh, and we'll reconvene after the game against Ireland probably get together on Sunday and record whatever's happened let's fingers crossed it's a Scotland victory see you later guys cheers cheers guys Sports Social Podcast Network